When I was a kid, me and my best friend loved to watch professional wrestling. Now, yes, we knew that it was fake and that they were actors, but just like some of our favorite movies are fake and have actors. We used to go into the video store, remember those? And take what seemed like hours to pick out our two, which two wrestling tapes we wanted to watch. Would it be WrestleMania 10? Would it be SummerSlam 1995? We would even go outside on the trampoline and have our own wrestling matches while pretending to be our favorite wrestlers. But the best was when wrestling would come to Delmarva. And we would go see some of the wrestle, our favorite wrestlers in person. One day, our parents took us to go see a live event in Salisbury at the Civic Center, and as little kids, my oh my, were we in heaven. I remember after the event, we would wait outside to see if any of the wrestlers would kind of walk by and we could get their autographs. One wrestler named Bob Backlund came walking out of the building, and his character was not a good guy, so to speak, so many of the people rooted for him to lose during his matches, but I thought to myself, hey... It still would be cool to get his autograph. So as he walked by, I said, Mr. Backlund, can I have your autograph? He stopped and was totally still in his wrestling character. You want my autograph? He said sternly. Yes, I said. He turned and walked towards me and said, I'll give you my autograph on one condition. You have to name every president of the United States in order from one to present day. So I tried my hardest and started off by saying, well, Washington, uh, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe. I think I got the Lincoln and then stopped, which was pretty impressive, I thought, for my age. I couldn't do it, and sure enough, I didn't get his autograph. He couldn't even cut a kid a break. On that day, this wrestler did not give me the answer that I expected when I asked for his autograph. And in the scripture reading today, Jesus doesn't give Philip and Andrew the answer they probably expect either. So in the scripture this morning, we see some Greeks that wish to see Jesus. And remember, the New Testament was written in the Greek language. But who are these Greeks? Greeks here in John's Gospel could mean Hellenistic Jews or Gentiles who are non-Jews among whom they live. The story never really gets us to a place where we find out if Jesus and the Greeks actually converse, but it looks like they do not. Again, Jesus isn't giving Philip and Andrew the answer that they're probably looking for. Jesus, rather, responds by saying, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants also be. So lots going on here. And I don't know about you, but I believe that my life is a gift from God, and I love the fact that I have been given life. Although I have bad days, I still love my life. I certainly don't hate my life, and um, I don't hate life itself. So does Jesus want us to hate our lives? After all, that's what the Bible says. But the Bible says, as we were reminded last week, that God so loved the world, not so God hated the world. I think that this can perhaps tie back to the scripture that says we must hate, quote-unquote, our mother and father, or we can't be a disciple. 
I think we would look at this in a healthy way. If we were to look at it in a healthy way, we would know that Jesus isn't calling us to hate other people. Rather, perhaps this is a form of hyperbole in which Jesus is making a strong statement that no others should go before our relationship with God. The first half of this scripture reading really caught my attention as I prepared for this message today. There were several things that stuck out to me that I could, in which I could formulate a sermon from. However, as we're still in this season of Lent, it is often a season where we try to be more intentional about our prayer life. So based on the scripture this morning, I want to share with you two simple prayers that you could pray this week as we inch our way closer and closer to Easter Sunday. Maybe they will become your daily prayer, and maybe even they'll become your prayer beyond Easter. So here are the prayers. Jesus, I want to see you. That's the first one. Jesus, I want to see you. Kind of reminds me of that old worship song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Open the Eyes of My Heart, I Want to See You. I can remember as a kid going to the beach a lot on Sundays, and as um, we would either walk on the beach or drive on, it would typically be a day of fun in the sun. One of my favorite memories was when every now and then we would see four to five porpoises of a couple hundred yards from the shoreline, and it was like they were celebrities coming down the red carpet as people walked from their beach chairs to where the water touched their feet just to see them. You could see the fins of the porpoises coming up over the water and then they would disappear for several moments and everyone would stand there watching and waiting for when we would see the porpoises coming up out of the water. So when these porpoises show up at the beach, others catch on and they stand at the shoreline and they wait to see them too. In other words, they were alert and waiting to see the porpoises. How can we be alert throughout our day in order to see Jesus at work in the world? Or see Jesus in the eyes of another. Where can we see Jesus? Well, we can see Jesus in worship and through prayer and scripture reading and in the poor and in the least of these, in the outcasts and the margins on the margins of society. These are places we see Jesus. So if you want to see some porpoises, you go to the beach. If you want to see Jesus, you go to the places I just mentioned, among others as well. The Greeks in this passage of scripture wanted to see Jesus. May we also want to see Jesus daily in our lives. And secondly, another prayer that we can pray is, Jesus, not only do I want to see you, but Jesus, I want to serve you. One day a while back, I was at a local grocery store when I was in the checkout line to leave. And as I approached the cashier, she was busy in conversation the entire time with another co-worker who was about 15 or 20 feet away from us. She was talking about her fingernails and where she had gotten them done, what it was like, and how cost-effective it was. And Meanwhile, she continued to scan my items, bag my items, and had me pay without even greeting me with a hello. Now, I didn't mind because I was probably her 100th customer of the day. But just as I was about to leave, she looked at me and said, Thank you. I am so sorry that I didn't focus on you, she said. I told her not to worry about it and that I'd learned something about nails that I didn't know before. I think we both had a chuckle and went on our way. But in that moment, she realized that she missed out on an opportunity to serve a customer and that she was distracted in another conversation. And in the same way, we have opportunities to roll up our sleeves and to serve Jesus each day. Sometimes, however, we can get distracted, don't we? 
can't we? We get caught up in our own daydreaming. We're talking to someone else. We're focused on our own personal schedule or agenda. We miss out on an opportunity to serve Jesus. I had a chance to serve Jesus this week. It was an opportunity to show love and compassion to someone else. And I like to think that what I do to others, I'm also doing to Jesus. So if I serve someone in Jesus' name, I'm doing it unto them, but I'm also doing it unto Jesus. Now, before you think I'm about to toot my own horn, notice I said that I had a chance to serve Jesus this week. I didn't say I did it. And we just talked about this last week at our small group that I lead here at the church. We talked about opportunities we have to answer those calls that God has in our hearts to serve someone else. And I was at the gas station when I looked over and saw a guy sitting in a van. Wow, I haven't seen this guy in years, I thought to myself. I wonder how he's doing. You see, years and years ago, he was injured badly while swimming at the beach. I had spent some time with him through some mutual friends one time, and I got to hear a little of his story. That being said, I felt like I didn't need to go up to his I, I needed to go up to the window and greet him. I felt like I needed to be someone who asked him how he was doing and, you know, let him know, hey, I'll be praying for you. Is there anything you need? Things like that. Who knows what that may have meant to him. But I began to second guess myself. What if I go up to him and he doesn't feel like talking to me? What if he doesn't even remember who I am? How awkward will that be? Sometimes I get it right and I feel when I feel that God has called me to do something. But sometimes I mess up. And this week I messed it up. I got some gas in the truck and I drove off. And as I was at the red light, I looked back at the gas station and his van was still sitting there. But I continued to drive off as the light turned green. Who knows if I'll ever have another chance to see him again. That was a chance for me to serve. A chance for me to be the light of Christ for someone else. And I missed it. I must be careful not to give myself too much of a hard time over this because in doing so, I'll miss out on other opportunities to serve. I'm just thankful that God is patient with us because even pastors don't get it right. But what happens when we serve Jesus? We in turn do what Jesus says. We read our Bibles. We... Um, see what Jesus teaches. Some of those words are in red in our Bibles. And we then serve others because that's a part of our calling as followers of Christ. Whoever serves Jesus according to Jesus must also follow Jesus. So further, whoever serves Jesus will be honored by the Father. And how then, how then do we serve Jesus? The word in the Greek for serve, I looked up this week, is diakono, which means to minister to someone, to wait upon someone, or to supply the necessities of life to someone. That's how we serve others. One way I like to think about serving is that we show actions to others that convey to them that it's not about us. There's a sense of humility in serving. There's a sense of love and serving. There's a sense of an act of service, of having no strings attached to it. Jesus models servanthood to us in ways that can impact us profoundly. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we should be many things, and among them are servants. I've been impacted in so many positive ways by seeing Christians being servants in the world. I've seen Christians do yard work for the elderly, repair homes for the poor, wash feet, literally, do dishes, clean up, put tables and chairs up after fellowship meals, care for loved ones as they're dying, hand out water to the thirsty. 
I've seen Christians serve in countless other ways. But again, what if we, what we do to others, we're doing to Jesus? So when we serve, we are serving Jesus. Who may God be calling you to serve? Who may God be calling you to show a random act of kindness? In what ways can you and I live a life of love that serves others in such a way that conveys, hey, it's not about me? Remember the Son of Man came not to serve, not to be served, but came to serve. Jesus is the one who got down and washed the dirty feet of the disciples. We ought to grab a towel, so to speak, and to serve others in this way, just as Jesus did. Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Not some people, but all people. In the same way, may we live lives of love that draw all people to God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ. My hope for us this week, my hope is that we see Jesus. My hope is that we see Jesus and others, especially those who are on the margins. My hope for us this week is that we not only see Jesus, but my hope is that we also act on those opportunities that come before us to serve Jesus. Because those moments are going to be there. You may have an opportunity at the gas station like I had, or you may have an opportunity at the grocery store, or at the house, or at a friend's, or at a funeral, or at work. On the other side of the road, the possibilities are endless, but what will we do when we see those opportunities? My hope is that we will roll up our sleeves, we will serve others in a way that shows them who Jesus is. Maybe, just maybe, someone will see Jesus in you. And what an honor that would be. Amen.